Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. It's good to have you guys back with us. And the usual intro done by our executive pastor, Justin Oswald. He is not with us today. If you listened to last week's podcast, you know why. Uh, so uh, Justin has uh, tuned out of the Marvel Universe. And the main reason we uh, kind of said, Justin, get out of the way. Um, obviously, John, our creative director, is with us What's on up, the guys? podcast. How so. you doing? And, uh, but the main reason we kicked Justin out this week was for our special guest, and I'll let him tell you some of the things that he does uh, professionally and from a ministry perspective, because it's a bigger list than I can remember. But uh, my dear friend, and actually uh, an overseer at our church, Tyler Burns. What's going on? <laughs> so I feel bad now because I kicked Justin out. Like I was like, don't I feel, do, don't, oh, yeah, no, 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 don't feel bad. Don't, don't, just don't do that. <laughs> I was nervous no, then. I, was I like, kicked oh, Justin man. out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have to say, like, I'm a little disappointed. I thought there would be popcorn here. Like, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd be eating popcorn while I'm recording the podcast. Oh, man. I should have popped. Something. I listen. The kitchen's on the other side of that wall. We can send John over there right now. Yeah. Y'all hear some rustling. You know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, real quick, man, tell them tell not just where they can find you. Um, and we'll, I don't want to tell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give give, your, give your exact no. address. I'm actually I'm good on that. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, so tell them where they can where, like what's going on for you and sure. some of the projects that you're working on. Yeah, so I'm uh, principally student pastor at New Dimensions Christian Center in Pensacola, Florida. Um, and I think I should say, actually, principally before that, I'm married and um, the father of one daughter. Um, shout out to my wife, Malina. If I did not shout her out, she'd be like, really? So you're just going to record a podcast without thinking about me. <laughs> um, but I'm also the host of a podcast uh, with the Witness of Black Christian Collective, an organization that I'm the vice president of. And it's a podcast called Pass the Mic. And um, it kind of talks about the intersection of culture and politics, theology, race, all those things uh, from a black Christian perspective. And uh, then also work with uh, the Justice Conference as well. And so uh, that's a organization that equips believers to kind of merge faith and justice uh, work. So, yeah. And I'm, I, I am a full time friend to uh, Pastor Brad. And that is a full time job. Indeed, you know? it is. Indeed, <laughs> it is. So um, and you just had a special, uh, a unique guest. Do you mind? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> That's right. I was like, oh yeah, well, the mic. yeah who is yeah. that? Um, but yeah, we we actually just had Michael B. Jordan on the podcast, which was really cool. Um, talking about Creed two, we actually got the uh, ability to see Creed two advanced um, in ATL, and so we got put on that press junket, and so that was cool. We got to talk to him a little bit about faith and representation and some of the things he's pushing towards. So yeah, check that out, Michael B. Jordan um, on Passing Mike. That's on uh, iTunes. If you have um, an iOS uh, podcast app, but then also um, Spotify as well for our remedial Android folks. Yeah, right on, right on. then there's that. So <laughs> yeah, you so. were just so like laid back about it, you know, which was cool that we had an interview with Michael. Well, I mean, it was like, you know, it's, no, that's it's like so freaking cool, dude. <laughs> dude. You know, it's it it is really weird. Like it's it was surreal at the time, and it happened so quickly that you just kind of sit back and you're like, I freaked out before, and then I had like full freak out. And then re- had to record a podcast two days later. And then when I announced it to everyone, my freak out is just gone. I'm, right. you know, I'm like, all yeah, right. So we did this thing. Yeah. So now we got to get it edited. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. So like, <laughs> let's make sure this is good. Let's make sure the principles are right. Let's make sure that the audio is good. And, you know, then everyone else freaks out and they're like, why aren't you freaking out? I'm like, I already did. Like, I did it privately, though. So you wouldn't like right. point and laugh. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and um, that's, that's kind of a, a thing though i mean that's that's a big deal for you but yeah you've yeah. you've interviewed some people though in your I don't life know that big i don't know anybody <laughs> that big i gotta admit it's yeah a, that was that was probably the biggest one but i've interviewed i've interviewed some people yeah. um you know people like lecrae um people like brian stevenson uh hillsong joel houston and yeah, i remember hillsong, seeing that yeah, yeah so so yeah man that's cool i just do a little do a little talking start some conversations and wherever the lord leads them hopefully it blesses people and encourages them so yeah 
For sure. And I love podcasts too, so this is just my thing. We might record like a two hour podcast right two, now. Two hours. Two hours. Wow. <laughs> I don't They're think like, we got wait, past whoa, it to five minutes. Like, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Uh no, dope, man. So it's it's been good. We uh we kicked into church at the movies. Um and as soon as we finalized our four movies for Church at the Movies, three of which are Marvel movies. Now I I'll bring you into a little secret. Uh, so the originally, the three Marvel movies were um, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Black Panther, and Infinity War. Oh, so that was how the- are y'all gonna get Infinity War? Okay. Right. So, so, so when we were talking about it, it was one of those things where it's like we're we're nerding out in that moment. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh yeah, we can do this, we can do this, and then Aven- Avengers: Infinity War just came out. We'll go ahead and do that as well, just because it's all of this cool stuff. And, we're, and we were, we knew we were riding the coattails of pop culture, sure. which that was yeah. you know that's always a thing for you know me like that. I yeah, love to absolutely. try to get on that as close absolutely. as I can, and and because of the way that movie works, there's so many opportunities for biblical application. Mm, totally. Especially from Thanos' perspective. Like, there's right. so many right. ways you could introduce ideas. Like, so uh, when I was watching it, I was just like, wow, this would be so great. Hmm. Then it hits you. Me and John, we got yeah. 10 minutes into the movie, right? So at, at the, you know, opening scene, mm-hmm. you know, Thor's there, uh, Loki is there, Hulk jumps in, like, yeah. All that happens, then Doctor Strange, that whole thing happens. Iron Man shows up, um, and then it goes to the Gardens of the Galaxy. And this is in the first 10 to 12 minutes. How do you cut yeah. like, enough to get in? And, then, and also, how do you build a framework of perspective for people right. that have never, never seen, seen these it. movies? Yeah. And right. we were like... Huh. We just turned to each other. Literally, at the same time, we turned to each other, and we were like... This ain't going to work. Right. <laughs> so uh, then we jump, jump ship and, and went over to Captain America Civil War. Uh, and That's even that cool. one was kind of hard to create context. But, oh, yeah. we, you know, we did it and it was it was dope. But. Man, I just got to say, I just got to applaud you guys because you were talking about it in the last podcast, this idea that our local community is very churched. And so there's a very linear analog, <laughs> you know, right. approach to how church is supposed to go. But you guys are really doing groundbreaking work, I think. The production in particular is really powerful. I've seen people do at the movies where they're physically preaching through it or they're showing maybe one or two scenes, but to actually weave a narrative in, I think that takes a lot of creative anointing, uh, so to speak. So I just want to just applaud you guys, man. This is really pushing the envelope and it's give me some ideas, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> I ain't got no John Sapp, you know, yeah. at, at the at at the dimensions, but yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. I, you know, I might I might might have to do something like that, but that's really dope, man. No, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, John is somebody that uh, number one, he's saturated in humility, um, which I always love. Mm-hmm. You know, the the to catch that he's he's extraordinary at what he does. Yeah. We're talking about him like he's not sitting right here on the podcast. With us. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, you know, John, you're extraordinary at what you do, man. And, uh, you know, it. the conversation and the potential of you becoming part of our team has is has actually been far longer than you actually being on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I became uh, – I wanted to invest mm-hmm. as the lead pastor and the visionary for this house. You know, when the time came, it was one of those things where it's, we need to invest in – a person that is going to carry a substantial amount of weight for our organization hmm. that most people will underappreciate. Hmm. Um, and for me, good, for me, it was worth the, it was worth the investment. And, um, and, and lo and behold, that was the easy part for us was like, can you do the work? You know, right. like we, we knew those questions, you know, how do your, how does your family fit into the fold and, and his wife, Savannah and, and small groups and relationships and all that is kind of the you're shrugging your shoulders and hoping for the best right, type thing. Right. Um, but lo and behold, it's been a it's been a fantastic journey. And you know, we're only what seven months in for you. Uh, a little bit more than that now. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, we're pushing nine months now. Nine months, but it feels like it's it just feels like home. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. So. It's crazy. Um, but I will say this: with all of that, um, Brad is like really kind of. He's not really showing himself either. Like he is a big part in the creative aspect mm, of this mm. church. He's got the he's he's been that way for a long time, way before I came in to the picture. So, you know, give some props for our lead pastor here. Absolutely, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, without him, without his direction every once in a while, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So right. um it's it's one of those things. And we I think we have a great working relationship, you know. So um Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it, I, I just think it's important sometimes for someone from the outside to affirm what's going on. Sure. Because it can be so routine to the people who are listening to the podcast and kind of coming to Sunday morning that this is not normal. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, That's so true, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you and I have the, uh, you know, it really is an honor to be called on to speak at a number of other churches outside mm -hmm. of yes. not just our city, but outside of our cultures. Yes, yes. Where excellence and creativity and um, pushing the cultural narrative and all those things aren't at the forefront of the thought process, yes. um, you know, where people really are still 20, 30, 40 years behind mm -hmm. um, where society is at from a, from a technological or creative standpoint. Um, so we, we, we experience that. So when we come back home, we're like, Oh, thank God right, that right. you have graced us for that. So I know I appreciate you kind of bringing it to the so surface because it is worth talking about. It's not, this isn't normal. And at the same time, not everybody embraces it. Right. You know, so it's a, you know, you, you recognize it for what it is. It's an opportunity to get unchurched and, uh, you know, unchurched and people that are far from God and to give them an opportunity to say, you know, I've never been to a church or I went and I hated it. But if you guys are doing that, I'll try it one more time mm, and get them in the it. door and let them experience a, a, what we like to call a breath of fresh air. And, that's uh, good, man. You, you know, we ran into that um, our, yesterday at our last day of filming. Um, a random van, like, pulled mm. up. <laughs> like, she, she did a circle. She, like, she came around and and then she came, but she kind of stopped for a second and then came around again one more time. You and know then, I was peeping that van. <laughs> yeah, right, I was yeah. like, what is going on here? <laughs> and, she yeah. stopped and she rolled down her window and um we, I, we didn't even know who she was really she came for seven o'clock in the morning yeah, bro yeah. she yeah. came for the first Sketch. time last sunday wow. yeah, i think it was last sunday, yeah. and she was like i didn't know how i was gonna feel about this whole at the movies thing uh you know showing movies in church it's kind of weird um but she really enjoyed it after man, like awesome. after that she was like man I, I get it now i get why you're doing it so yeah man, that's encouraging to hear man i just i just had to give you guys props for that man. i appreciate that's that man truly truly we groundbreaking did, yeah. bro Appreciate that. Yeah. So, but, uh, man, it was good. So what did you, you, you got to, you got to watch. Yeah. So what, tell me, tell me what you thought. Yeah. I really enjoyed, I think the way that you picked out specific areas of Spider-Man's journey. I mean, when you think about Spider-Man as a comic book character, as a superhero, he's probably the most popular superhero outside of your Superman, Batman, and then technically Wonder Woman as well. And then if you take those three characters and you compare them to Peter Parker, what you find is you have Superman, who's a god, pretty much, in that culture, um, from Krypton. And then you have Bruce Wayne, who's this multi-billionaire, you know, playboy philanthropist, etc. And then you have this Amazonian queen and Wonder Woman. And so then you have Peter Parker, who's a regular kid. And if you think about the origin of how they created Spider-Man, how they created kind of this Peter Parker character at the time, in that Silver Age of comics, there really wasn't a regular teenage kid with real issues, real problems. And so Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, the the co-creators of, of Spider-Man, they kind of had this idea of what would it look like just to bring a regular kid yeah. and feature him as this teenager who's going through real stuff, but also dealing not so much with the cosmic, but with the everyday life of the community. And I think Spider-Man Homecoming shows that really well. And I love that you guys put that part in We're just walking around, giving people directions. He's swooping in saying, you guys good? You know, hey, do a flip. He does a flip. They're like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. You right. know, it's like, <laughs> it's like super normal that right, it's right. like this kid here and people don't know he's a kid. But at the same time, it's this kid who's going through real things. So I love that you showed the maturation because I think there are so many parallels to our discipleship in Christ and how we grow in the Lord. And, you know, that identity piece, which we'll get into. But I, I thought that was the most refreshing part of it, that sometimes in these movies we can pull out certain themes that that talk about people who are disconnected from our lives. But I think we can all identify with a coming of age story. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What do you think, John? Um, you know, like when, when we were when I was putting it together, when I was putting that that first part in. Um, I was deciding on whether or not I was actually going to keep that mm -hmm. because I was like, how important is that to the entire structure of the movie? And the one point that we were trying to like, after a while we were trying to make was, um, of how, uh, where he was in his, his time of being Spider-Man, mm -hmm. you know, how, how young he was in trying to be that superhero. Um, and still trying to navigate how he was going to be doing what he was doing. 
Um, and so putting that in, I'm glad you said it, putting that in was one of those things that I was like, I think that totally worked. Yeah, it definitely did. I was, and then, and then the idea of just having so much energy and having a call and having a purpose and, and getting to experience that one great breakthrough. And if you're applying it to a church context, that one great deliverance moment or that one great, you know, burning bush moment, so to speak, where you get called in and you still Captain America's shield and you're fighting all these people and you joking with Bucky and, and like you're doing all this stuff and you look around, you're like, this is awesome. And it's like, yeah, go back home and, you know, serve, you know, go back <laughs> home and just like go to gym class. Right. 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 You're like what? Like, go, and so go back to your semi normal life. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and then, you know, take care of the people there. Don't do anything that's super spectacular and don't do anything dumb. And it's like, man, what, why are we, why am I doing this when I have this capability and I can identify with the idea of, feeling this urge like ah, i'm called to do something great and it's like well you know just clean you know clean the kitchen right you right. know serve your local community yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's the and that's the thing you know i think that you know the the general idea of the movie you know is that is that when god steps into our life that we we get saturated and consumed by this zeal and this passion and this, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, essentially we start developing this desire to run before we can walk or even crawl. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I thought it was so funny. Even the scene where he's in that scene where he's, you know, helping people out and getting the bike back from the kid that right. stole it, you know, all that stuff. And I don't have any change. Like, <laughs> like what? He said, he said, no change. Yeah. So, yeah, which is, if you've ever been in New York, that's hilarious. That but, uh, New York. yeah, it's New York. But then he, uh, he's flying in between buildings and I, I didn't catch what he, what happened, but he misses something and he yeah. goes face first onto the top of that building. He's like, I'm good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that there's so many believers, man, in the journey, like they're trying to move, they're trying to run before they can walk, yeah. let yeah. alone crawl. And they find themselves face first in the dirt, you know, mm. and they're just over there like, I'm good, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we, we all need someone in our life to step in and go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like calmed, like, you know, and, and, and it's a good thing. And as a, you know, you're a pastor, I'm a pastor. John has done the student pastoring before, um, and, and is a phenomenal church leader. We've all experienced this where you start trying to, it's not that you want to kind of, you don't, you don't want to, uh, break the heart of the person you're dealing with. It's not, you're not trying to put, you know, handcuff, like you're not trying to hold them down. You're trying to say, listen, you're going to get so much momentum that you're going to fall face first into something hmm. and you really need to, you need to pace yourself. This is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we're trying to, as you know, as Paul said, like there's a race you're trying to finish, hmm. not just be in first place for one leg of it. And, and so we find ourselves in that as leaders trying to tell people like, oh, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. You need to pace yourself yeah. because you're getting a little bit beyond what you're capable of here. Yeah, it's funny. I was um, talking to a pastor years ago, uh, probably I say years ago, like it was 15 years ago. Um, it was like three years ago. <laughs> and so I was talking to him about something and he was um, he was like, man, you got to remember that hasty feet missed the way. And you have to be careful good, about man. like rushing. You have to be careful about pushing into something. And so it was really something that that challenged me and made me really try to slow down and and not expect for things to happen overnight. But, um, you know, we find joy and we find, you know, eventually, as we talk about here in a little bit, our identity in faithfulness and in consistency. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's so true, man. And, and then you, uh, as you start to navigate that um, and kind of the, you know, going the central theme for Spider-Man was uh, not, we start trying to put a foot forward before we're ready. Um, and, and inevitably, the biggest area of our life that we find that we're not necessarily ready for um, isn't anything religious. It's not even that we're not ready to, you know, start serving or to become part of the outreach ministry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's not that any of those things we're not ready for. The reality is it's, it's actually the fact that we haven't dealt with yesterday. Hmm. You know, it's, it's the fact that in our life, things that happen to us and whether it's trauma whether it's loss whether it's situations whatever it is if we don't deal with 
what happened to us yesterday. Because what most of us tend to do is just kind of put it on the back burner. Like, yeah, I know, but I don't really need to deal with that. Mm. Um, and when we don't deal with that, eventually it deals with us. Mm. Uh, and with Spider-Man and, and in this case, um, what we're seeing is Peter got, you know, he gets this gift, he gets a suit, he gets all, you know, and he starts trying to, trying to move, move, move. And then we see Tony Stark swoops and he's like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Come mm-hmm. in. Like, let's, let's, let's ease off that for me. We'll let you know when you're ready to do that. And what he was trying to say is you need to build up the intuition. You need to, you need to work on what you got going on. And sometimes God does that in our life. But one of the re- arenas and one of the areas of our life that he wants to deal with us the most is the past. Because what happens is if we try to execute our, our potential and our purpose in the present without letting God effectively deal with our past, what happens is we start skewing everything that's happening to us today through mm. a distorted perspective. Mm. And so we start seeing things through the lens of trauma and pain. Uh, And when we get an opportunity to even lead other people, we start leading through insecurities. Therefore, we expect the worst from people rather than the best. Mm -hmm. And we start to tear people apart rather than build them up. And and we find themselves in these places where because we're viewing through a broken lens, we're not actually effective in our purpose. We're just spinning our wheels. You know, I love, I don't remember what leader it was. I heard him talking about a little while back, he said that uh, for many people, their activity in ministry is merely a rocking chair. Hmm. They're working really hard, but they're going nowhere. And I was like, bruh. Hmm. <laughs> that, that's not a slap like, in the yo, face. Come on, man. <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, using that on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> some of y'all in a rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a voice that says some of y'all in a rocking right. chair. <laughs> yeah, bring people down to the altar. <laughs> but uh, no, but for real, man, I mean, that, that's that's how some of us are. And the reason <clears throat> the reason that we are that way is because um, because we haven't dealt with yesterday. We haven't mm-hmm. dealt with pain and, and struggle and, and all those things. Sometimes it'll consume our mind. But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the, um, the work, emotionally healthy spirituality has just been incredible for me just addressing trauma and addressing pain it's not something that i would have done or thought to do i think the immediate push that we go to as soon as we're facing something that may be a deficiency in our lives is we go how much bible are you reading and how much time are you mm-hmm. praying and and i think you have a lot of people who are doing the spiritual disciplines and finding that they're still running into walls yep and then they're actually serving but while they're leading they're bleeding and they're trying to figure out why is this why am i snapping on people why am i you know why are all these things kind of rising to the surface? And I think emotionally healthy spirituality says that we have to deal with those emotional wounds and that trauma and we have to go back and address it biblically, but we also have to face it before we can actually grow into who God has called us to be. So that's good. That was a, that was a punch. That was a punch to the chest, man. That's yeah. helpful. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, it's, I've been talking to a young man that we're familiar with in our church who's, who's just navigating some personal stuff and, and uh, I was talking with him yesterday and just trying to let him know, you know, he's asking me uh, just, you know, how, how is, how is ministry and the new, you know, you're, you're new to a lead pastor role. And mm-hmm. I was kind of just, we were talking about how, as we start navigating people's journeys, what we're finding um, is not that they need help with what they, they don't need encouragement to do the right things. Um, they need help identifying the things of their life that is broken that they didn't even know they needed to overcome. Mm. In other words, a lot of times we're blind to areas of our life that are broken that we didn't even know needed to be fixed or we thought they were fixed. You know, um, I want to point something out, especially in the movie. It just hit my, just hit hit me is um, when Peter was talking to happy and he uh, he comes down and 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 Happy says um, he's coming off of a roof and Happy says I'm responsible for making sure you're responsible mm. and 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 Peter says I am responsible and then looks to the left to, to his left and goes oh crap <laughs> right. he's, like, he's like what he's like someone stole my backpack he's like that doesn't sound responsible <laughs> right. you know right right, right. Uh, so it just it just hit me because when you were talking about that I was like that's exactly what was in that part of the movie yeah. yeah. So much of maturity, especially you see within the disciples as they're walking with Jesus, so much 
so much of maturity and immaturity, I should say, is overestimating yourself. And if you look at Peter, Peter's like, I'm never going to deny you. It's like, nah, yeah. That's not, that's actually not what's going to happen. You (laughs) know, like, oh, look, like we got demons that are subject to our name. And and he's like, man, rejoice that your names are in in, in heaven. Like, you know, I mean, what are you talking about? You know, and it's, it's crazy. Um, I was actually reading the scripture. I think it's Matthew 17, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And Jesus is being transfigured. And then he has you know, Peter, James, and John with him and he's on the mountain of transfiguration. And then they come down off the mountain and then this guy brings his son to him and his son is struggling with either a spirit or something's happening. And they're like, um, they're not able to heal him. And so he brings them to Jesus. Like, I look, I, I tried to get your disciples to do this, but they couldn't. And, and how crazy is it that sometimes we, we reach the spiritual peak and then we come down and we don't have any power. Like we don't have any power to actually deal with real issues and real problems. And yeah. it was so frustrating for Jesus because he's like, man, you guys saw all this, but then came down and didn't have the ability to. And it was it was they weren't ready yet for that. But it's sometimes we think we're ready for things and we we overestimate ourselves and we think we're ready for our own ministry and all kinds of great things that um, eventually find out we, we don't have the maturity to match that call yet. Yeah. And, and you've been in ministry a long time, you know. I think about 35 years, homie. 35, right. <laughs> Since day one. <laughs> That's pre-day one. I ain't 35. Don't, don't, don't spread that rumor. That's how rumors get started. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, you'll you notice just like, uh, you know, in, in the journey, you know, of, of being in ministry quite a while that, man, so that that's a, a common thread of people trying to get, you know, the cart ahead of the horse and trying to move forward in ministry quicker than they're, you know, ready to deal with yeah. and and some of those things, but yeah, I mean, going back to the, you know, coming, having, having, not being ready, you experience something great, but not being ready. You know, we find Peter in the same position, you know, he's, he's experienced something great, but then he's not ready to move forward, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, whoa, 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 like come back, come back, come back. And, and then how much, how often pain does that? And one of the big reasons why it does that, I don't know if you've ever done digging into theophostic counseling, but there's an idea and it's pretty, pretty accurate. Um, in theophostic counseling that says that the age that an individual was when they experienced trauma is the lens that they view pain through Hmm. until they've dealt with the trauma. So for example, if you are, if you were seven years old and maybe you lost a parent or maybe your parents divorced or whatever, um, because the term trauma is pretty widespread, um, what happens is if that created deep wounds in you, but you never dealt with it as you grow older, 25, 30, 35, when you engage into extremely painful situations, um, or, uh, when you get put in substantial places of discomfort where you're not, you know, whatever, um, what happens is you emotionally react to the current situations at the age that you were when your trauma took place, man. So, <laughs> it's deep, bro. It's so deep. that's why you got people that are 35 acting like they're 13. That's no. exactly what it is. That's, <laughs> ex- that's exactly yep. what it is. When you see a grown man go from, you know, like he, he professionally, yeah. he's great. He can lead a team on his job. You know, he's a CEO. He, he, you know, all these areas of his life, perfect. He gets home and his wife hasn't accomplished the things that he hoped mm. she accomplished. And he locks himself in his bedroom. And you're like why is he acting 12 right yeah. now? And it's like, it's a trauma because, because yeah. the, the, he's viewing the area of his life that he can't control the same way he viewed the last area of his life that he couldn't control, mm. which was his trauma. And he's viewing it through the Man. same lens. Yeah. So, that is, that is challenging, bro. <laughs> right. So that'll preach yeah. all on his own. Yeah. yeah. You just, you just, <laughs> amen. Let's say the also go. So all, yeah. So all that to say, you know, um, I think, the it, to create some scope for what what people didn't get to see and what Spider-Man Homecoming didn't even put in the movie was Uncle Ben. Right. I'm so glad they did. Man, I'm tired of seeing Uncle Ben die. Right. By the way. <laughs> every, every time. Every yeah, time. That well, brother don't, just... Don't yeah. put it past them that they might not just show a couple clips or something. Oh, oh, no, man, in the second please. one. No, but, man. But, you know, he talks about, in the bedroom with Ned, he talks about, and May, he's like, after everything she's been through, I can't, I can't do this to her after right. she's been through. Um, I think the unique point is 
what we don't know is that Peter, at his current age, is still very close to the same age as when Uncle Ben, like right. in in the universe that we know exists, the three of us know exists. Right. Um, so, for the listeners that don't know, Peter Parker lost his uncle. He died. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a a lot of reasons to it, but essentially, he was getting robbed. Uncle Ben stood up for himself, yeah, and and died. Um, so then, and Peter had a chance to to intervene earlier and he didn't. And so he feels guilty. So now in the process, I think, I think what we are seeing and I, I'm going to bring to the surface, even if it isn't how the writers intended, I, I'm going <laughs> right, to talk right, about it for right. a second is that, you know, with Peter, he is viewing through the lens of trauma on how he wants to be effective, mm-hmm. but he's not dealing with his, his emotions and his pain of his trauma, he's only letting it be a driving force for why he wants to be active. Right. Mm. And sometimes we saturate our life with activity so that we don't have to deal with our emotions. Mm. But our if we'll if we don't deal with our emotions, going back to what we said earlier, then they'll eventually deal with us. Yeah. yeah. And we have to deal with yesterday. Like we have to deal with that pain and that trauma of yesterday. If it was loss, if it was Whatever it was in your life that you couldn't control, but it affected you. And today it still affects you. And that story is different for so many people. Whatever that was, Mm. if you don't deal with it, you're going to continue to see God pulling the reins back on your life and saying like, listen, I know you're ready to go. I know you're ready to go, but you're just not. You're not ready to move forward Mm. because you haven't dealt with this. And until you deal with this. I'll let you have a portion of your purpose, but I'm not going to let you have the whole thing. Hmm. I'm feeling attacked right now. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a whole sub? Like this whole podcast was like a sub. (laughs) No, but it's so true, man. Oh, man. And it's funny because Peter Parker, if you think about Spider-Man, like Peter Parker in the comics, and if you don't read comics, please do that. Like change that. Um, I know people like comics, but it's it brings Plug. out all these themes that you probably wouldn't see within the films. But in the comics, he deals with that. That's like a constant theme is him trying to protect people and then not being able to. So some of you know that if you watch Spider-Man 2, the Andrew Garfield version, um, it features one of the most you know, famous comic panels ever. It's when Gwen Stacy dies. And so when his his first love, Gwen Stacy, dies, everybody thinks it's Mary Jane. It's not. It's Gwen Stacy. When she dies, it it just plagues him because then it's it, it was Uncle Ben before that, and then now it's it's Gwen that he couldn't save them. And so that that's like a running theme throughout that this is a kid who's growing into a young man who grows into a man, and then he's wrestling with can he save the people that he loves. And there's that feeling of trauma that he relives every time someone gets hurt, every time someone gets kidnapped, every time something happens. And it's until he can look that in the face that he truly becomes who he was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just a theme throughout all of Spider-Man, you know, um, in his storyline. So, yeah, it's huge, man. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't really like to talk about the first few Spider-Men. I thought oh, really? I liked Andrew Garfield's. I did. Wait, okay. wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was, I is, this, making... is this a Tobey Maguire slander podcast? <laughs> I no, no, no. Okay. I, will, I will say this. I will say this. I liked, I liked Tobey Maguire in, in the, uh, I think he was a great Spider-Man in, in those um, few movies that he was in. Um, but I just felt like overall Sony ran that into the ground so hard. Hmm. Like it just, it didn't, after a while it was just one of those that's like, eh. Here's here's how I feel about it. Hmm. I feel about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man the same way I feel about Batman Forever, which was when I was watching it, I was like, this is so dope. And then more Batmans came out that I was like, oh, Ooh, okay. this oh, is what this it is could is be. Like. No, no, hold on, 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 hold on. We should have started here. I'm just curious. What's the best Spider-Man movie? What's the best Spider-Man movie that was ever made? So you got technically you got six movies that you can choose from. One and two with Andrew Garfield, Homecoming, and then the three Tobies. I, I I'm gonna you have know. to go with Ooh. Look, I hate to be this way, and it may be just because I'm younger and I'm a millennial. Mm-hmm. Uh you guys are too, I guess. So, sort of. 
Maybe. No, nah, but you're a little bit younger than us. Okay, well, I am. Like two weeks. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but um, I just, I don't know. I feel like Homecoming was the best as far as trying to stick with more of what the comics were talking about, you know? Thank um, you for joining us on uh, TC Follow Up Podcast. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I personally feel that way. However, I, I think Garfield's, I, I, Garfield's the best. Um, so wait, wait. <laughs> this is just this is just pulling apart everything in my head here. Okay, so you're saying that the first Garfield movie you would consider best or second? Which one? First or second? I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the first. Okay. I like the recreation of the story from like in his movie. So, okay. so the reason, yeah, yeah, I, that's that I just do. I don't. I loved Homecoming. I like. I really like. Um. New Spider-Man. I forgot his actual name. Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Tom. I think he represents a teenager better than Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Oh, without did. a doubt. Yeah, yeah, those are grown men. Right. Like, exactly. So, <laughs> those are grown men so in high school. Men, right. Like, so I, I really feel like that he's he you know he's phenomenal um, yeah. in the in the playing the role, and I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I don't know, man. I just think so. Even even like for the same reason that I like Christian Bale as Batman better. Um, the, the oh, you like Christian Bale as Batman? I do. Oh, wow. Well, so, man, this is like wow. ripping everything. I up. know. So here's the thing. I I like. Well, you haven't you haven't given us your side either. Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, gonna yeah, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all. I'm waiting. I love how we hit pause on the spiritual part <laughs> right? for a second. So yeah. I, I I'm not, and it's how do I say this? I like the way I like them as the characters. Okay. Right. The thing I don't care for about Christian Bale's Batman is this weird voice thing that they thought was a good idea. But anyway, sounds ready, but yeah, I don't. Good. That whole thing is whatever. But all that to say is, I like I like Christian Bale as Batman mainly because I didn't care for most of the other Batmans that surfaced. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, most of them were either really good Bruce Waynes or, or mediocre Batmans, yeah. but I didn't feel like anyone encapsulated the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tom Holland, out of all of them, has encapsulated the 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 teeter totter better than anyone else. Rap, coming full circle with the conversation on, on my part for that is yeah. I I liked Andrew Garfield's Spider Man and Christian Bale's Batman because I felt like they did the best job embracing the dark side right. of the storylines. In other words, like Gotham is supposed to be this dark, eerie kind of you know just and I felt like. You know, I, I felt like Chris Nolan's version of that. So part of it is character, but part right. of it is also like how the writers and the movie makers. And I think that's just me as a, yeah. you know, just kind of doing all that, uh, right. pull that apart. I liked how the writers for Andrew Garfield embraced certain aspects of the darkness. I agree with that. And, and kind of just rolled with it. So I can see that. I, I thought it was universal agreement that Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, Tobey Maguire was the top Spider-Man movie. That is yet to be eclipsed. That's I just thought it was universal. So I just I don't know. It was just me because at the time it was like top comic book movie ever for a little bit. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Until and it Iron was, Man. Until and it was Iron good. Man. And it was good. That's what I, you know. It's such perspective. Like yeah, oh yeah. No, it's it's understandable. I think you guys make good points. I I just I felt like that one right there was the best Spider Man story that's ever been put. On also, the also let me say this: I was not a big comic book person. Okay. Sure. So for me, it's only from a movie perspective, right. not from a m- recreation of a storyline that I've already read before um, type yeah. thing. Even even though that movie was really, really good, right. out of the Tobey Maguire's, that one was the best. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, hands down. Um, even, even oh, like, Spider-Man 3 was awful. I mean, yeah, that one was yeah, that no, was that's the worst where one. I just it was just, kind of it was was just like, bad. Yeah. And, maybe, and it might be a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... So, it, yeah, but that's but that was, it was a really, really bad. It's so far inferior to all the other Spider-Man movies. Right. I think, actually, from a comic perspective, all of them do a, a relatively good job yeah. of, of the incorporation. I think Homecoming is actually incorporated better than all of them as far as comic panels. Right. Uh, but Spider Man Two did really good because he throws a suit away and all that stuff. Yeah, so. and even with even with uh, Homecoming, you know, uh, knowing how Mar, knowing how these writers on the current Marvel stage are writing movies, mm-hmm. even going back to what John said earlier, they 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 tend to pick up in the middle of a storyline and almost do a Chris Nolan esque type thing where they pick up. And at the end of the first third of the storyline, then go forward and then jump back 
And they do this mm-hmm. weird thing in how they tell their stories. So I'm curious to when the Uncle Ben thing and all that's going to evolve for Homecoming because it right, hasn't right. yet. And so I think... Oh, I know, mean, honestly, yeah. hopefully not. I mean, I just... I mean, you can address it. I just don't want it to be a core I mean, part of no, the yeah, storyline. I mean, I'm just, curious to how it's yeah. going to... How they're going to weave that there. They have to, at some point, tell it. Yeah. It, even if they don't have to go, like, sh- like go through it, just to right. let, you know... Just to help, mention it. Especially for kids nowadays. they got to create context for some of these kids that ain't never... Right. You know, yeah, I, and I feel like Christian Bale would have been the best Batman. I I think those movies are the best Batman movies by yeah. far. Well, Chris um, Nolan's Chris Nolan, you know. But I I felt like Christian Bale would have been the best Batman if Batman were homeless. And so Christian Bale does not live up to a billionaire well at all. No, like he, I just feel like he's not Bruce Wayne. Like I well, feel like he's regular average Joe on the street. Like he fits, but I'm just like I, he doesn't he doesn't have any sort of gravitas to me. I'd never believe him when he's Bruce. He, I feel like he becomes a completely different character. Mm. Yeah, um, and, I, and and I think that's in, you know that's intentional on their part is yeah. to say like, well, you know, for him to for him to walk in the room, and go, God, yeah, I'm a billionaire. Yeah, you know, and I think it's the League of Shadows thing. I think sure. it's all that stuff where he's like, yeah, like, yeah. I think so, I yeah. mean I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman, but you know, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like Michael. Keaton. Michael Keaton was the best. You know. Christian Bale is. I'm rocking with Christian Bale, but it's also had. It's, I have an allegiance to Chris Nolan. Sure. Oh yeah. Because he's my favorite. Like of of all time, Chris, <laughs> Chris Nolan's my dude. Like I, I okay. forgot that he is your dude. He Chris Nolan is like the Batman movies, Inception. Like that's why I'm shocked you didn't do a Chris Nolan movie for Church of the Movies. I thought you were gonna do something like Interstellar or Inception or something. I, I, yeah. I, I almost did Inception. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Almost that was actually brought up. That was brought up. Yeah. So. Um, I, I nerd out over Chris Nolan movies. His The way he lays everything the out. The way so he well. creates movies, hands down, he's yeah. I oh, yeah, I, rock I get down with Chris Nolan. But um but anyway, so that's No, that's dope. That's like kind of our side like nerd out comic conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I just I didn't know. I thought it was just unimpeachable that Spider Man two was the Spider Man. You, you know what's funny? I just watched a chunk it was on T V and I watched a chunk of it the other right. day. Uh the one you know. Spider-Man 2, so. Well, I gotta say this, that Spider-Man Homecoming was such a refreshing take. Yes. That it was just like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I just feel like that this one is the best one so far. Like, I don't know. It was just, well, it was just me. Yeah, and it, it, it I mean. And it had been a, a long time since, yeah. you know, like all these other ones had come out. So Robert, We didn't even know what Homecoming meant until you're like, oh, it's actual like. Oh, yeah, actual Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go figure. Uh, it, even then, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s presence in the movie for as limited of amount as was created such an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was so many things I, I could have done a, f- I, we could have shown this movie four weeks in a row and I could have shown different parts of it. Sure. Like I could have done four different sermons on the same movie over four weeks because there's so much of it. Robert Downey Jr.'s um, character in this movie did a number of things. Uh, the fatherhood aspect, where he talks yeah. about my father never really affirmed me, and I'm really trying to turn the page on that. Um, where he goes from, you know, the uh, hey, I'm here for you, and then the time when he's driving the car, he's not really there. He's over, like, um, right. and then the next time, Peter's like, if you really cared, you'd be here. And then lo and behold, he, he is. is. Yeah. How he uh, he would do a gentle correction in his absence but he wouldn't do a firm correction in his mm. absence mm. he was present when he had to be present but he wasn't present when he didn't have like yes there's there's yes. so many just things that you know he goes to open the door for him and he's hugging he's like that's yeah. not a hug, we're, not a hug. <laughs> he's like i'm just open th- we're not there yet yeah we're not there yet. And just <laughs> so many things that even tony was doing in regards to fatherhood mm-hmm. um him knowing he obviously tony knows what happened to uncle ben Tony knows Peter doesn't have any sort of father figure in his life. So Tony is doing that the best that he can. Also being, going back to the lens of trauma thing, coming off Captain America Civil War. And just like, so, you know, there's all of these things. And keeping in mind where Tony Stark is in this storyline is post fight with Captain America Mm -hmm. from Civil War. Yeah. So he's dealing with the loss of his parents 
while he's trying to be a parent to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's so many things like you, like people if they didn't actually put that together they wouldn't realize it. No, they wouldn't. Right. No, they didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, and so one of the other uh, underlying themes that we kind of had in this going for a little bit was relationships, right? Right. And um, you know, we we tied that in as as far as like at our church about get, getting plugged into small groups, you know, working through your freedom, um, you know, all this and. Um, you know, that was, that was a one, one of the, one of the themes and one of the things that, um, that you're talking about, especially with, um, Iron Man is just being that person for Peter, you know, mm-hmm. being that, that lead role for him to yeah. be able to look up yeah. to and, yeah you know, so. And, that, and that's the key is, you know, for the longest time, Tony was trying to be present and Peter wasn't letting him. Right. Like, oh, I'm at band. He's like, that's funny. <laughs> Happy told me you quit band, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, so so Tony's trying to be there. And a matter of fact, that's the call where he's like, my yeah. father never really affirmed me. I'm trying yeah, to turn the page that. that. Right. He's like, right. I'm, I'm at band. You know, that whole thing, he's trying to help with the ferry. And, and uh, so, yeah, then, you know, we see, but, but you're right. So the two characters, the two characters that were a necessity in, in Peter coming to the fruition of his purpose was Ned and Tony. Hmm. Um, you know, so he had to allow someone, he had to allow someone to speak into his life mm-hmm. and he had to allow someone to come alongside him mm-hmm. to be a part of his journey. Yes. And that's where all of us are at. I mean, that's where every single one of us are, um, are at. And, and I would, I would dare say we, we didn't get to see this, the evolution of his character. And you alluded to it with, um, with Spider-Man two earlier, but, uh, the evolution of his character will lead us to a place, and he's kind of there already. I would say he's there already, and this is what I mean. Tony is the person that is looking out for him. Right. Ned is the person alongside him, and Aunt May is the person that he's looking out for. Right, right. And every believer out there, every one of us, myself as a lead pastor of the church, Tyler as a uh, as another pastor in 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 ministry, John as uh, I'm going to say a pastor of teams here at TC. That's more his role for us. But having been all of us at, at even the highest heights of our current lives in ministry at at a young age, mm-hmm. but even submitting to and following men of God who are in their 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. this is a key identifier. And if you're a listener out there and you're a believer and you don't have this in your life, this is step one for you. This is your homework yes. to start today. You have to have someone that you answer to. You have to someone that have someone in your life that watches you. And you have to someone have someone that answers to you or at least that you look out for. Right. Yeah, it's the Paul Timothy Barnabas idea. Exactly. Yeah. Is that you have to be in a position where you're submitting to someone that hold that is pulling you up to the next standard. You have to have someone alongside you that holds you accountable to those standards. And you have to have someone metaphorically below you that causes mm-hmm. you to know that you can't afford to fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what that does is it creates the pyramid of accountability mm-hmm. in your life so that you know you've you you are covered. And that's what we see in Peter's life is that he's got someone over him, someone beside him. And even though Aunt May's older than him, he feels responsible for her. Sure, mm-hmm. you know you can see he has a sense of protection for her, and right. and uh, and and then, you know, for those of us that are Marvel nerds, we know Mary Jane's going to come to the conversation. We got you know we got all these other. There's <laughs> right. there's yeah. more that's coming that's going to sure. even make that. I up. wish I was able to put that in the movie like a little bit. Yeah, but Be- yeah. because we won't be so showing a number time. two, it won't matter. But right. yeah. but yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, so so that's I, necessary. And I think it's really important to to talk about the mentorship piece that. When you think about Tony's relationship with Peter and Iron Man's relationship with Spider-Man, you have to understand what Iron Man is kind of stepping back from. If there's any time where he would need someone with Peter's skill set as one of the core Avengers, it would be now. Like Spider-Man is is a kid, but as far as power level, like he's ridiculous. He's, he's ready to go. And yeah. yeah, he's yeah, someone like Captain America's more mature and has more command of his power. So yeah, he can play on Spider-Man's, you know, he knows what's going on because he just, he's battle tested, but Spider-Man just raw power and ability. Like you see it in infinity war. There's one scene where Iron Man's getting tore up by this. Um, I forget his name at uh, black obsidian or something. He's, he's a, uh, he's a part of the uh, council of uh, like the Thanos council. 
and then Peter like comes in and like stops the guys, um, you know, stop the guy's claw. And he's like, hey, hey man, how's it going? You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> you're like, yo, he's just joking around, but he's that powerful. Right. Like right. you just don't see how powerful Peter is. And I think you need a mentor to say, I could I could put you in a position that would benefit me prematurely, but you wouldn't be ready. Right. And it would actually destroy you. It would benefit us, but it would destroy you. Oh, man. Yeah. And so you need it. Yeah. You need someone who's going to who's going to say, actually, you should be an Avenger right now. But chill. Yeah. Right. You, you're not ready. And 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 most people, my, so myself included, hate that conversation. Right. Hey, you're going to be great one day, <laughs> but today is not your day. Trade. And you're like, yeah. man, look. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I don't even need your approval. You ain't God. <laughs> <laughs> right. People in the church are like, no, no, no. God told me. It's like, no, no, no. You told you that. Right, right. But let's not kid ourselves. Like, But you're right. Man, that's so that's so good. Well, like, I, I, had a, I had a different experience in ministry. This, mm-hmm. is, this, this is a different take for the most part, but I got thrown into a role of leading youth that I didn't think that I was really called to do yet. Mm-hmm. And, and it showed after two years, I was out of it. I was so completely exhausted from it, spiritually, mentally, physically, just everything was just so hard for me. And I was also working a full-time job and it was one of those things where I didn't have that person to, yeah, right. to be able to say, you know, I had all the zeal and everything, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't there yet, and yeah. no one said that to me. They were just like, "Okay, go." You well, know? that's that's what you just said. You know, you you made a key statement, Tyler, when you said that is like, "I can do this, and it'll it'll temporarily benefit me." Yes, talking about the leader, yeah, the yeah, person. Yes. I could do this; it'll temporarily benefit me, but in the end, it, it so it, it what happens is when we get when someone hits the fast forward button on our life, whether it's us, whether it's someone else, whether it's whatever, someone's always gonna hurt. It's either going to be the leader that puts you in that position, or it's going to be you, and sometimes it's both. Right, right. But there, it never turns. It's never going to be well. Right. It's never going to turn out well. Right. You know, um, that's when you start hearing words like burnout, frustrated, uh, even character a, falls. A fall. Like yeah. those things yep. happen when we've when we've hit the fast forward button on people's purpose, particularly either before they're ready, just in general. Um, whether before they've developed the gifts, like you know, in the Spider-Man situation, um, or before they're for Spider-Man, it was like intuition, wisdom, yeah, and, and understanding of strength. For believers, I think it's discernment, wisdom, and spiritual maturity. Right. Yeah. Um, and so. and but that was but what you see here, you know, and to make a reference to Infinity War, um, spoilers. So cut that off if you haven't seen Infinity War. <laughs> Hit pause but, or fast forward. <laughs> but so Tony says on the ferry in Homecoming, he's like, I, you know, if if someone else had died, you know, that's on you. If you die. I don't need that on my conscience. Yeah. Right. And then what yeah. you see in infinity war is he gets that on his conscience. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, he puts the kid in the position and then he's gone. Yeah. You know? So now what does it look like for us to have people in our lives who know, Hey, this is going to, you're going to be awesome and you're going to feel so fulfilled for a short period of time and you're going to die at the end of it. Yeah. So pause. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's the hardest conversation is, is holding back what you feel like, you know, you're ready for. I mean, you see it all throughout the scripture. You see, and in David's life, he gets anointed. And then after he gets anointed, it's like, is he a king? He goes out, kills Goliath. He feels the rush. And then Saul tries to kill him. And Saul's like, and so it's, it's you know, I think somewhere in the vicinity yeah. of 18 years. And even before that, years. the lion. And, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. lion, the bear, all right. that. So it's, it's like 18 years, 16 years, somewhere around there before David actually becomes king after being anointed. So you're like, wait a second, I saw the promise, but then I'm not there yet. Yeah. And then Jesus submits to it. And, and I love this when, you know, 12 to 30, he drops off the map. Yeah. And so you're like, man, what's going on between 12 and 30? They're like, he's just growing. Yeah. And so 12, he's in there schooling the the philosophers and the and the religious leaders. And then at 30, he comes, he comes back and he's ready for his ministry. But then those 18 years, you're like, what's going on? Like, right, where, right. where was he? Yeah. He's got all this. I mean, if anybody was ready, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> I mean, come, come on. on. Like yeah. Jesus didn't need anything that he didn't already have. But it's like, well, in that moment, he submitted to the process. Right. Yeah. And to I think show us that you that's know? key, man, especially as young leaders. God, that's so good. I mean, I, I even, I'm talking with some of our young leaders now where I'm just like, you're not ready. You just, you're, you're just not ready. Like I get your zeal. I get your passion. You're not ready. You know, Jesus, you know, and, and, and I, I know that because there's areas of my life where yeah. I'm ready to throttle down and God's like, nah, for me, it's more of a vision perspective than it is a maturity perspective. 
Um, you know, there's areas of my life that I still maturing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that for me, it's more like, I can't wait to do these things. Right. Um, you know, but some of those things are going to cost $20 million. I ain't got $20 million. You know what right. I mean? Like it's just, it's understanding and not allowing the frustration of what you can't blind you from the reality of what you can. Yes. Yes. Um, and, 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 and there's honestly no other way to have that conversation other than to sit someone down and say, you're not ready. Yeah. There's no other way of getting around right. that singular fact. Like it's not your time. Yeah. And that's offensive to all of us. It offends our sensibilities and we need that. Right. And that's why I, I it's it's beautiful for some of us to have, you know, I guess both sides of the same coin. On one end, it's healthy. You and I both have, our fathers have right. been our, our big mentors in ministry and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so it's, number one, it's good because your father is there to help you do that. The hard part is sometimes you want to like, but dad, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it's just like, don't come on, understand. Man, you're my son, like you, you know, you're my dad. Like I'm your son. Like come on, yeah, man. yeah. Believe in me, and it's you know, and in some areas, even my even Pastor Dan, our, our founding pastor, would admit, uh, you know, he said this publicly before, so I don't mind saying it now. Um, he would say that you know there were areas I didn't push you as hard as I should have, mm. out of fear of pushing you harder than I should have. Mm. Um, and so I wanted you to, you know, I, I just had to if I was going to err towards caution. I was going to err towards not forcing you into a position you, you know, that you didn't want to be in rather than forcing you, you know, so, um, that's you know, good, so bro. that's a, that's a, a catching, you know, back easy and forth, for so. us to say on a pod, hard to live. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, well, especially with young leaders, it's one of those things where, um, now, especially nowadays when it's ingrained into the culture as instant gratification, yes. you know, and like, that's what we want. Like, and I have that problem, like every once in a while where like, if I want something, I want it now, you know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to get to it now. I want to, I want to be able to do it now, you know? Um, so. Yeah. And, and, and then you just, you know, you add on top of that in culture and society right now, character is undervalued. Sure. Um, but giftings is over, over assessed. Character is the one thing you can't get overnight. Right. You get pretty much everything else overnight, but you can lose it overnight. You can mm, so, yeah. mm. and uh, and that's that's it's an undervalued thing. That was a know? good little alley oop right there. It was like hey, it's just back yeah. and forth, ah, give and go. Ah. I was yeah, I was I was Zion Williams and that bad boy. Right there. <laughs> I, was, I was about to that's do a one. different podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I was about to uh, do one you, of those. You are, this has nothing to do with Spider Man. You yeah. are grinning ear to ear this year, aren't you? Hey man, I'm a Duke fan. As a it's Duke cool, basketball man. fan, it's cool. Uh, you already uh, got the national championship. Uh, nah, man, nah, nothing sewn down. This team, this team has issues, but anyway. Go Whatever ahead. y'all could beat the fat five <laughs> this year. Probably. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. So, and and to kind of wrap this whole thing up, you know, we in the end we see Spider Man, and he, if, you know, he allows people into his process, so he becomes accountable to Tony, um, makes the right call, brings. You know, one thing we didn't include in the movie that you know John and I had a conversation is is one thing we didn't get to show in the movie. But if you've ever seen the actual movie, you'll see this. Uh, is he brings Ned into the process mm-hmm. and Ned gets yeah. to become the guy in the chair as they call yeah. him yeah. Right. in the movie where Ned is helping him and he's helping him navigate and, um, and he's, and he's there to help hold him ac- accountable, but not from a character standpoint to help him navigate and get where he's trying to go. And, um, so that's happening. See the things he can't see. Right. right. Exactly. And, uh, and that's what we all need in our life. You know, going back to full circle is the, the, the triangle of accountability. The pyramid of accountability is, you know, um, you know, he, he becomes accountable to someone, um, to the person that's speaking into his life, accountable to the person that's next to him, uh, as he's trying to lead the person that he's, that he's accountable for. And as he does that, he unlocks, if you will, mm-hmm. unlocks the next step in his purpose. And for us as believers, relationships unlock the next step mm-hmm. in our purpose. And when we don't have relationships, we'll always be in a stalemated position. Right. Um, so we, we have to engage those relationships. If you're in no man's land or if you're you're fighting in a field by yourself, you will lose. Um, hmm. you, you, you have to have people in your process. And I, I, I tell people, you know, I, when I lead, when I talk to my leaders and, and I do all that, I, I constantly talk to them about relationships and accountability. And, you know, um, pe- people will never know the number of text messages and phone calls and breakfasts and how much coffee myself, Tyler <laughs> right, right. and, um, and Aaron James, uh, who, who will be with us next week, um, uh, oh. have, have 
how much we have done that and partaken in, um, and particularly through very difficult seasons of my life, um, very vulnerable seasons of my life, um, where it, 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 every part of me wanted to retract. Um, but I, I knew that retraction was going to lead me into a more, a a more difficult or worse Mm -hmm. position. And in those moments I reached out to my brothers, um, and brought them into my process rather than trying to seclude. And inevitably Mm. they're able to speak life and declare life. And so, man, just on this podcast and in every opportunity I get, I thank you, man, you're your brother, bro. Man, thank you, man. Please. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I feel like you've helped me a thousand times more than, than I've ever been able to, to encourage you. But um, it's just a, a, a friendship of mutuality, man. And so we're walking through this together and trying to figure out what it what it means to be young and Christian and in ministry and, and stay faithful and love our families and all that. And so, man, I just I appreciate you, man. And, and uh, I remember those calls. I remember those text messages. And in the midst of that, we we grew together. Amen. Amen. We, we in ministry navigate the same struggles as everyone else. Yeah. So I told someone Sunday, it was their first Sunday back since before Javen had passed Mm -hmm. and, uh, their first Sunday back. And, you know, they came up to me crying and I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Like, (laughs) don't, don't, you know, thank you, but it's not necessary. Don't, you know, uh, and what I was, you know, I said, all this has done is shown you that we need the same level of, Mm relationship with God and people that we tell you, you need. Yes. Like, so see my, see my journey and let it be a testament that you need this as much as I do. Right. Um, so it's not the words that I speak. It's the actions that we live. And so it's, it's good. But, um, Man, yeah, Tyler, thank you for being on the podcast, honor, brother. Man. This was fun. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have you back for sure. Yeah, man, anytime, bro. <laughs> and then, uh, John, it's good to have you, obviously, you know, creative sure. director at TC. So, uh, John, tell them, where, tell them where they can find you, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram. Mainly Instagram. Mainly Instagram. <laughs> uh, what? John W. Sapp. John W. Sapp. Tyler, where they, where can they find you? On Twitter, at Burns23. Follow at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, you guys have heard it from me before, but uh, at Brad Livingston underscore Instagram and Twitter. Uh, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. We'll see you guys next week. See you. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.